Project Taryag, day 91, Mitzvah Tafkuf Kuf Alef. And the Mitzvah is, which means the first year we go after a man gets married. The Pasuk says he shouldn't leave his home for anything, even if it's a need of communal importance. The relation of the Pasuk is, a person shouldn't leave her for anything. But free from other responsibilities in his home for the first year. And he has to use the opportunity to make his wife happy, as we'll see that's the next mitzvah we're going to learn about. Doesn't just mean he doesn't have to go serve as a soldier in the active unit in the army. He also doesn't have to be involved in logistical support such as providing water or food for the soldiers or protection of the home the home front, the city where he is. Similarly, he's not allowed to travel on journeys away from his home during the first year. And then the following mitzvah, mitzvah tov, kuf pei beis, is a mitzvah she yismach achosnim ishishana achas, that the chosn who just got married should spend the, the first year the opportunity to make his wife happy. And therefore, not to separate from her, but he can spend the time together with her. And that the Pazak says, as you said before, Nokia de Shana Achas. He should be in his house free from other responsibilities for the first year. The reason for the mitzvah says the Chinuch, when he had the intention, Hashem had the intention to build the world. And his Ratzin was the people should live together, husband and wife. That's the framework in which, so to speak, the world will continue. And that will provide the basis to have children who will be the next generation in the world. And Hashem wants people to be brought up and be born into a family setting. As you know, Znus, or any form of immorality, is disgusting in the eyes of Hashem. And therefore, in order to provide the basis, the foundations for that stable relationship, Hashem is this mitzvah of that they should be together for the first year. In order that a person's nature gets used to that of their spouse, and they get closer to each other, and therefore their intention to each other becomes, their connection becomes that much stronger. And as a result, uh, the, the uniqueness of their marriage will exclude relationships with anybody else from being of a similar nature. And that will be the best protection against immorality and also the best basis for the healthy family life that Hashem wants Kalei to build. The Chinuch brings here a principle, and that is that Teva Baroi Vivakesh, a person's nature wants what it's used to and doesn't look for differences. And therefore, once a couple are used to each other, they would stick together more and the idea of being together with other people will become that much more distant from them. And if that's the case, then once again, the, the, the basis for the continuation of the world is in place the way HaKadosh Baruch wants it to be. Therefore, it doesn't make a difference if a person is marrying someone who's never been married before or an Almana or even an Yavama, which means someone who's marrying his brother's wife, in the framework of the Torah told him to do that. In every case, now that they're building a new home, they have to be together for a year in order to cement and strengthen that relationship. However, if a person is returning his own divorcee, this mitzvah wouldn't apply, because then the, the connection between them at least has already been, or should have been established, and there's no chiyuv to get to know the person, so to speak, or bond with them, as there would be in a, in a place where people are connecting for the first time. The halacha is that the husband is part of the from all communal responsibility 
as you saw in the previous mitzvah. Now, this mitzvah applies in the time of the Beis Hamikdash when there were wars, and therefore we would have to go fight in the battle. But the idea that the person should spend the first year together with his wife and build the relationship together applies in every place and every time. And if a person is over on this and he separates during the first year to be for however many times days it is, even if it was in a case where she agreed, but nevertheless he's been a battle with Mrs. Sasei, which is the high thing to be together. However, if it's a case where he's going to do a mitzvah and not for too long, and she, with, with her agreement, then the those who say it will be mutter. Mitzvah Tav Kuf Pei Gimel If a person lent money and he wants to take some kind of a collateral or some kind of security for his loan, he's not allowed to take things which the borrower would need in order to prepare food. The, the classic example is you can't take as a security which means the millstones which a person would need to grind flour to make bread. Similarly, therefore, refer to the mixing bowl, to the the pots and pans, to the stove, to his oven, whatever it would be, or the the knife he used to shecht with, and things like that, which a person would need to eat. And the Bible says, Ki nefesh that it, The nefesh means a person's life, and so to speak, by taking away the things he needs in order to live with, he's doing more than just damage, than just taking something as a security for a loan. Even though the Pasuk says, Le'yachbo'erechayim v'rachev, and that the Gemara says that there's a chiv on each one, the Rambam explains it doesn't mean each one's a separate mitzvah. It just means that on each kli there's another lap. And therefore a person will take a number of kalim from someone else's kitchen, each of them that he needed in order to prepare food, he'll be over on the same lab for each one. It doesn't make them into separate lab. The question would be in the case of two millstones, where they're only useful when you have both of them, the one without the other doesn't have any functionality. And then if that's the case, if a person would take both, is he over one lab because he's only taken away one functional clean, or is he over two loving because since each one is actually a clean in its own right, he's done two separate masim of removing kalim, even though the, the practical mutsiyas is they can only be used together. And on that, the Ram explains the Gemara that is high on each one by itself, which means being as each one's a kli, we don't look at its, at, at its usefulness by itself, but rather the fact that it is a kli, and therefore each one would have its own khiyuv. The reason for the mitzvah, the chinuch, is obvious. It's in order to enable the world to function normally, which means that even if a person has money, he's still allowed to eat, and we give him his basic necessities. If a person would take away the claim for food of the borrower, then basically would return them to him. However, the Chom explained this only applies when a person is coming to collect a collateral when the borrower has defaulted on payment and hasn't paid on time. However, if a person asking for a loan would voluntarily bring something to be used as a mashkin for his loan as a collateral that he'll pay back, then they hold it would be mutter for him to take anything which is offered to him as a collateral because it's like a person is allowed to buy someone else's clairvoyder. A person is allowed to use to take them in exchange for a loan that the person that the borrower is asking for. There's no malchus on this lab because the kalim should be given back and every time the object is meant to be returned there's no malchus however if a person would take the clay avoider or clay melacha of the borrower and then they get destroyed or burnt or ruined before he's able to return them 
and then they're not able to be returned anymore, he'd be Chayav Malchus. And uh, this issue applies both to men and to women in every place and every time. Mitzvah Tav Kuf Peidarad, and that is not to take or to uproot or to cut off the Simon of Tiras. If a person finds either the hairs which or the skin fat which might indicate he has Tiras, and he would then be tempted to cut it off or to burn it off, that it wouldn't look like Tiras anymore. The Torah warns him, Hishamir Benega Tiras. Hishamir always means the Lotar say, beware not to take away the signs of the Nega Tiras. And the Mishnah says that if a person would either put out the hairs or burn the skin, he's over in this Lotar say. Now this Mishnah applies where the person takes out some of the Simon of Tiras or all of them. Or if he burns the whole area where the Tiras is on his skin, or even part of it, whether it's talking about Tiras on the body, or Tiras on one's clothing, or Tiras on one's house, whether it's before the coin saw it the first time, or during the week when the coin left it, to check if it had spread or not, or even after the coin size its tome, for a person to destroy the symbol of the Tiras would be over in this issue. And, as the Lord said, which involves an action, the verse would be Chayav Malchus. However, Chachamim qualified the, the Malchus and said we're only applying a case where the action a person did would make a difference. Which means he burnt either the whole nega or enough of it that it would no longer be assured that the coin would be allowed to pass on to make the person tamay. However, if even after the person did, it won't change the halacha. There's still enough of a nega there which would render the person tamay. For example, if a person had a number of white hairs in a baharis and he cut, pulled off one or burnt off one, and there's still two left, which would be enough to metami the person, he wouldn't get malchus because at the end of the day, it's not going to change the outcome of the day. Nevertheless, he's done an isur, and Rabban of the right to give him malchus maritus, as Rabban always do, to prevent people doing isur. However, if the mark of the tiras would be, would be on the order of the baby, and when it wants to give him a bris, the halach is really to cut off the skin, of the order to do the bris, even if that entails cutting off the area of the terrace. And the reason is for a principle we have in the Torah, and that is that a mitzvah is such as this one, and therefore the mitzvah of giving a bris miller is not cutting off the terrace. Obviously, this wouldn't apply to a chomer such as the case where there's a chorus involved or mitzvah based involved, and also wouldn't apply in a case where a person could do both, which means there would be an option of being a kind of mitzvah without being over the left. However, in this particular case, where the only way to do the mitzvah of Miller is to cut off the skin, which is infected with the terrace, then there wouldn't be no way to reconcile both, and then the mitzvah sase would take precedence. Similarly, if a person had a clothing, and the only way to put titus on it would be in a way which is using wooden threads or linen threads, and therefore it would be a mixture of wool and linen, so the mitzvah sase of titus would be taken the mitzvah sase of Tantwe Shatnas. This mitzvah applies in every place and time, both to men and to women. If a person got tiras and he recognized it was a symbol of tiras, he wouldn't be allowed to destroy it. And like we said before, if a person would be to do so, he'd be chayav malchus. And even if it's not practical today because people don't get tiras, that doesn't mean that the chinuch explained previously that this is a mitzvah which doesn't apply. It just doesn't have nehechitimti to it. But if a person would get tiras, the mitzvah would apply as before. In other words, in the parameters of the mitzvah, it's not limited to a certain time. Mitzvah tov kuf pehei, and that is shalol mashkin balchol bezraya, which means if a person owes money, one can't forcibly take things from him as a mashkin.
The Pasuk says clearly, you can't force enter into his house in order to to take something as a collateral. It doesn't mean specifically his house, it means you can't grab things from him either. Right? And the only way that if a person defaults to death, that a person can recover something in place of the, or at least his collateral for the debt, is through the base thing. The base have the right to be gaiver, to claim on his behalf. The reason for the mitzvah says the chinuch, otherwise things will become hefka, and will just increase the amount of chamos, which means the breakdown of society. When people will grab forces from each other, the stronger will overtake the weaker, and uh, will be able to grab things of his without any fear of reprisal. And uh, the weaker party would have no recourse to protect himself. And therefore, the Torah makes a general principle that nobody can forcibly take something from the other. Everything has to be done through the agency of the basin. And their job is to ensure the fair nature of the interaction between people. Even the shliach of basin who comes to take a mashkar isn't allowed to force entry into the house. He has to wait outside. The pots are still Wait outside, the person that you're trying to collect the collateral from will bring it out to you. So the only difference between the shliach person and, and the, the, the creditor himself is the, the, the malbe, the lender, isn't allowed to use the thing that's given to him until the lover, the borrower, agrees to give it to him. Whereas the shliach of basin can take it straight away and give it to the lover to use. This iser not to take things by force, even from a debtor, applies every place in time, both the men and the ladies. And if a person's over in this and does take something by force from a person who is his borrower or debtor to him, whether it's in his house or outside, he's over in this lav, but there's no malchus because the khiv is to give back what he took, which means to return the item to him. If he can't do that because the item is no longer around, it got broken or destroyed or burnt, then if that's the case, he can no longer makayim the chiyuv to return what he took, then there will be a chiyuv malchus. As we saw previously, that when the option of re- returning the thing taken is no longer available, then the chiyuv malchus will return. The chinuch has a question on this, and that is, even if one can't return the object itself that was taken, but it has a money value, and if that's the case, why isn't he mechuyev to pay its money value, or at least deduct that from the debt? And if that's the case, he still made some kind of restitution, and that should stand in place of Marcus. There's a question unresolved. And that is, Not to stop an Oni, who is an owner of, a, of the collateral, getting to use the thing he gave as collateral, if he needs it. So, for example, the Torah talks about giving him back his things he needs to sleep at night in the night and the things he needs to do his work with in the day. So it says, Don't sleep holding on to his, so to speak, collateral when he needs it. And when he doesn't need it, he can bring it back to you again. And Chazal learned this, we're talking about the mitzvah or the chiyuv, to give back to the Oni, the Ovid, when he needs it, and then he'll return to you after that. And if a person doesn't do that, and he holds the Ovid for himself, he holds the mashkin for himself, even in the case that only needs it, he's being over in this mitzvah state, I say. But here there's no malchus involved because by retaining something by himself, he's not doing an action. Therefore, 
if we're talking about an Oni who has one set of clothing and one th- and and uh, his pillows and blankets, the halach is that in the day a person can take the pillows and blankets as a mashkon, which have to be returned at night so they can sleep with them. And at night, one can take the clothing he wears during the day as a mashkon, which have to be returned in the morning so that he can use them to to work, to go out and go to work. Mitzvah tafkuf pezayin, and that is the hachsir mashkon of olim ba'ashitzarichloi, which is the mitzvah to say of the previous lav. There it says it's also to hold on to a mashkon. Now we're saying it's a mitzvah to return it. And the pasuk says, When until the sun sets, you have to give it back to him. Obviously, he's talking about something he needs at night. And then it says, That here we learn from that the clothing he needs in the day have to return to him at the beginning of the day, and the clothing he needs at the night have to return to him before at the end of the day before you need him for the night. And once again, the reason for this mitzvah, like so many others, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to inculcate in us the mitzvah of chesed, and therefore even though we have a benefit of holding on to a mashkon, but it doesn't compare to the distress that the only will feel when these things are denied his usage and he needs them, and therefore we have to give them back to him for him to use, while at the same time retaining whatever he's not using right now as our mashkon. This then also only applies to something which the person takes as a mashkon when the debt is due and hasn't been repaid, in which case the salah will apply. However, when someone wants to borrow money and therefore he up front offers something as a mashkon, then like the Chinuch said in the previous color case, this then doesn't apply. A person is allowed to use his property however he sees fit, just like he'd be allowed to sell it. In cases where a person is required to return the mashkon, there's no time limit attached. As long as the as long as the, the only would still need the kelim and the, in question, there would still be the chiyuv to return it to him on a daily basis. Now, if one would ask, what's the value of a chayv which a person is to keep returning the mashkon, and therefore the, the borrower isn't suffering the lack of it because he always gets it when he needs it, the only difference would be that this way the shmitz will not cut off the chayv. The lach is when there's a mashkon then the debt isn't disqualified or isn't uh, terminated by Shemitah. Also, the halacha is that that way, if the loyver, if the borrower would die, then it's not in the category of metaltalin, which is normally the halacha that if a borrower dies, the creditor has no right to claim from his metaltalin, from his movable items, only from his karkos. Over here, since it's already a mashkon, that wouldn't happen if, in a case where the, the loyver would die. Other items which the borrower has and doesn't need on a daily basis, the halacha is that the malva will hold on to them for 30 days, in which case the lover has enough time to try and raise the money to pay his debt back and retrieve his items. And after 30 days, if he hasn't been paid, then the, the lender can apply to Basin for the rights to sell whatever he has as a mashkon in order to refu his loss. This mitzvah of returning a mashkon applies both to men and to ladies in every place and every time. If a person is over in this and does not return the where we took as a collateral, the way we stood before has been the battle of Smith's essay, as well as being over in the Lota essay, which we mentioned previously.